Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Strange weekend of sport. Not quite sure where I sit. Disappointed or happy? Outstanding achievement from Lydia Ko. Winning... This morning, $2 million, the biggest prize ever offered in women's golf. Her third trophy of the year. 19 wins now on the LPGA and just 25 years of age. There was a point where Lydia Ko was well and truly in the wilderness where you felt that possibly in the background maybe her parents were putting too much pressure on her, having too much to say in regards to the performance side of it, constantly switching caddies, constantly changing coaches. And you wondered whether she'd ever reach that form that she reached when she was just 16 and 17. Last year she showed signs that she would, and then this year... She has definitely transferred that teenage form now well and truly into the senior ranks. Has the two major championships and like to think that she can add to that. The fact that there is $2 million up for prize money suggests that this is a truly global sport and therefore something that we should be recognising and honouring at the highest level. You've only got to travel around the world and have a look at the number of golf courses there are in every country, how many golf shops sit in airports, uh, particularly on the men's side. Some of the biggest stars in the world are golfers, and now it's happening on the women's side. And that CME uh, Group Tour Championship, remarkable victory for her. Compelling television, the back nine. So well done to Lydia Ko. Now, people that play golf out there, I'd like you to try and put this in context for me. I have an understanding of how big this is, but people who are just golf aficionados, jump on, tell us, and tell those that maybe aren't that close to golf why this is such a big achievement for Lydia Ko. 0800 150 811. Does she deserve to also be now in the Halberg or the Women's Sportsman of the Year discussion based on that? Equally too, just want to acknowledge Joelle King, our women's squash player, for winning another tournament, this time the Singapore Open. She won two Commonwealth Games gold medals earlier in the year. Tough sport. We've got Paul Cole on the men's side, and we've got Joelle King. Just want to acknowledge Joelle. I know how brutal that sport is aerobically. I know how big that sport is as well. And I think sometimes their achievements are not fully recognised here. Uh, maybe due to a lack of media coverage or just maybe due to yeah, a little bit of ignorance perhaps. But well done as well to Joelle King. OK, uh, we also need to recognise the winners at the 
International Rugby Awards. Hard to believe still, isn't it, that still no room in the men's side for Adi Sevilla, best rugby player in the world, but he wasn't even nominated for Rugby Player of the Year. And I sort of put this down to the Northern Hemisphere's bias. The All Blacks are down. Let's put the boot in. Forget being rational. Let's just punish them because we're jealous of their success. And rugby supremacy exists in the North. That's sort of the perception I have. I'm probably miles off it, but there didn't seem to be a lot of really good due diligence done or explanation on why Artie Sevier was not nominated. However, congratulations to Ruby Tui for picking up the Breakthrough Player of the Year award. Ruahi Demont took out the Women's 15s Player of the Year, so the best female rugby player in the world this year, according to World Rugby. And Wayne Smith was named Coach of the Year. So well done to that Women's World Cup winning rugby team. I do just want to acknowledge that. Uh, Wayne Smith, without doubt, the best rugby coach in the world. Everyone's going to jump up and down and suggest that he gets knighted. I've got no problem if he's knighted, as long as we go back posthumously and knight the likes of Duncan Lang, who coached Daniel Loder. Go and knight Arch Jelly, who coached John Walker. Go back and knight Stephen Kearney for the Kiwis winning the Rugby League World Cup back in 2008. And let's just make sure that we're consistent. Any issues with the International Rugby Awards? Love you to just get on the phone and acknowledge the recipients on the women's side. 0800 150811. Okay, uh, let's look at the negatives. Let's look at the negatives. Uh, embarrassing performance from the Kiwi Ferns, the Women's Rugby League World Cup team. Dreadful display in that Rugby World Cup final. They didn't look fit. They looked gassed. Australia absolutely smashed them. They missed 59 tackles. 59 tackles. Not good enough. On one hand, we've got a media here trying to promote this women's rugby league team on par with the men's, rushing this forward in this political environment. All very well, but you've got to live up to it. And therefore, I'm not afraid to criticise that team tonight. You're going to live by the sword, you die by the sword. Pretty embarrassing, pretty damn average performance from our Kiwi Ferns, from our women's rugby league team. Not good enough. Now, admittedly, it's a sport that's in its infancy and it's only going to get better. And these players are basically pioneers and hopefully off the back of some of the World Cup results and the exposure, it's going to inspire the next generation. We're going to get greater depth and therefore we are going to eventually get parity with the Australian team. But I don't think this Women's Rugby League World Cup was a great advert for Women's Rugby League. Just not enough depth, just not enough quality, a little bit too manufactured, too many just enormous score lines in favour of one team, predominantly Australia. 
and also when New Zealand did play. I read an article by Chris Ratu in the New Zealand Herald today, and I think he sums it up, that Women's Rugby League, the focal point, the pinnacle at the moment, should be state of origin for the women. That should be the event they put up in lights. Let the sport organically grow a little bit more before we start getting overly excited about the Women's Rugby League World Cup. However, what I do want to say here, I'd like to get your thoughts again. 0800 150 really disappointed in our media. Our media didn't give this Kiwi Ferns rugby league team anywhere near the same coverage they gave our women's rugby team. We've got a media here who use women's rugby at times to politicise about the lack of equality between men's and women's sport. They use this World Cup to talk about bringing that equity and that equality, yet the very same media, I think, prejudiced rugby league in favour of rugby. Why was the women's rugby league team any lesser than the women's rugby team right through to the final? Why didn't they get the same coverage? I'll tell you, I'll give you my opinion on this because I think there is a prejudice against blue-collar sports in this country. Take it back to colonialism, whatever you want to call it. But there is a prejudice. Has there ever been a softball player knighted? Has there ever been a rugby league player other than Graham Lowe knighted? Where was the hysteria around that women's rugby league team? Why did the women's rugby team get all the media coverage? If you're going to preach equality and equity, make sure you're consistent. Brick bat goes to the New Zealand sports media. 0800 150 Your thoughts on that Kiwi Rugby League team performance? Not good enough. Not fit enough. And a major letdown. Like to get your thoughts, jump on the phone. Feel free to give me a call. Right, let's talk about the rugby over the weekend. And let's talk about the All Black season. Eight wins, four losses, one draw. Seven games in a row now unbeaten. But let's be honest, the draw may as well have been a loss against England. The Test 39-37 wasn't against the Wallabies due to the refereeing of Reynard. It was basically a lost test I'll get on to Reynard shortly the French referee because he should be banished from the game to be perfectly honest but when you look back at this all black season not good enough no one has confidence in Ian Foster no one feels confident and I still struggle with the absolute arrogance of Foster saying that he's pretty happy with where this team's at and why it annoys me and you would have heard me constantly say this on this radio station I don't like all-black coaches basically implying, judge me on the World Cup. No, the all-blacks win every test. Worry about the next test. It's not okay to lose, Mr. Foster. You somehow think it is. If you think you've done a good job this year, 
you are incredibly arrogant in my opinion. This team under Foster, New Zealand Rugby, All Blacks under Foster, hasn't been good enough. In my opinion, has bastardised the reputation and the aura of the All Blacks. Meanwhile, on the other hand, we've got a whole lot of top coaches that we don't seem interested in trying to retain here in New Zealand. We have seen Jamie Joseph and what he's done in Japan. Tony Brown. England are now circling. Scott Robertson. We've let a lot of very good coaches go. Because New Zealand rugby believe that it's better to put resource into retaining all blacks rather than keeping our IP in this country. It's not a good look when arguably England are looking at getting Scott Robertson and we sit here and continue with Ian Foster. Does anybody honestly believe that Ian Foster's done a good job this year? Please jump on the phone. Tell me, tell me why. Do you feel confident heading into next year's Rugby World Cup? Do you honestly believe this all-black team has the ability to beat Ireland or South Africa in a quarterfinal, France and England, or um, some of those other teams I've mentioned? Three tests in a row in a World Cup. Have you seen enough of this all-black team this year? How do you rate the season? 0800 150811. Text us here on 8833. I give the season a three. I'm not even going to give it a pass mark. You do not lose a series to Ireland at home. You do not drop tests to Argentina. And you do not basically lose a test to a very average Australian team. And while officially we won a two-test to note, I think we all know that we probably lost that second test. Richie Mawanga, and I'm going to go with Chris Ratto on this. Good article Chris has written. Actually, we must be on the same wavelength. Good man, Chris. But Richie Mawanga, he just hasn't kicked on, has he? Not a great first 5-8. And Bowden Barrett, well, he's been shifted around so much, he doesn't know whether he's coming or going, but Barrett doesn't know how to remember game plan. He was awful on the weekend as well. So the first time in a long time, I actually think we're really short in the position of first 5-8. I'd like to have see Stephen Perifetta being given more opportunity, but they clearly don't have faith in him. But I'm not sure what weaknesses they see in Stephen Perifetta that they don't see in Richie Mawanga or Bowden Barrett. All three of them. If you think Pirafeta's got deficiencies and you don't think that Mawanga and Barrett do then you're clearly not looking at the game the way the fans do 0800 how do you rate this all black season uh, Matthew Reynard the French referee or Mathieu Reynard awful Every time that guy is involved in an international, you spend the next 48 hours talking about the damn referee. Pedantic, out of his depth, kills a game. You can't adjust to a referee like that. 
I mean, the situation where we had Caleb Clark kicking, but we had Rico Awani penalised for being in front of the kicker, even though he never got his hands on the ball and the ball actually went out, being penalised. I mean, how does that work? Dreadful referee. As bad as the two that were out here in 2017 for the British and Irish Lions. We cannot have a World Cup where it's refereeing like that decides it. It's going to kill the game. It's killing the game. The referee will be just the World Cup, Rugby World Cup next year will be decided by red cards for high tackles with zero intent in them and clowns like Reynard and their interpretation of the rules and their pedantic refereeing which will vary from week to week because there's no consistency in the way they do things. He's not the reason the All Blacks drew 25-all with England. The reason the All Blacks drew 25-all with England was Ian Foster. But he didn't help. He killed the spectacle. Mind you, rugby is open to interpretation and there are just far too many rules. So number of issues, number of points there. Please, somebody kick this bad boy off. Give me your thoughts. Success of Co, the success of our women at the World Rugby Awards, the disappointment of the Kiwi Ferns, an embarrassing performance from our Women's Kiwi Rugby League team. And we can say that. You want equality, you want equity, you've got to take the good with the bad. I'd say exactly the same thing around the Warriors, exactly the same thing around the Kiwis, or any New Zealand team wearing black that was that disappointing. Not good enough.